You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky Podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball. Stay informed by making us part of your daily routine. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Simply subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56 along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Today's episode of Locked On Kentucky is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code Locked On for $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. A lot of stuff to talk about. I mean, it was a lot of things um, over the weekend, Kyle, uh, that that we saw that worth mentioning. Uh, Terry Wilson saying he's back to 100%. Landon Young got married. Uh, Mitch Barnhart Monday morning uh, answered questions about whether or not football fans uh, would be able to attend games, UK football fans. Uh, UK basketball players arriving on campus Sunday. Kentucky Mr. and Miss Basketball were announced Sunday night. Jeff Shepard's uh, son, former Wildcat, Jeff Shepard, and his wife's former Wildcat, Stacey Reed, their son, Reed Shepard, put on a highlight show that was tweeted out over the weekend in his AAU uh, tournament. And then uh, this afternoon, Monday afternoon, Imani Bates, uh, the top prospect in high school at this point, but he's a class of 2022 guy. He announced his college decision. We'll talk about all of that. Uh, but uh, maybe the most significant thing we heard uh, regarding over the weekend came uh, regarding UK women's basketball coach, Matthew Mitchell, something we had not known about or heard about, but apparently he underwent surgery on his brain for blood on the brain. Uh, his wife, Jenna says all went well and he's on the men. She posted on Facebook that he had he had fallen and suffered a concussion about four months ago, and then he wasn't well for a couple weeks following that. But then she said he was great until two weeks ago when he started getting a faint, persistent headache. Uh, eventually, he went to the hospital, and that's when they discovered that he had blood on the brain and needed surgery. So good to hear that all went well, and he's on the mend. But that's that's got to be scary. Four months ago, you have a concussion, and, you know, you could just be going along and things just be fine. If had he not gone to the hospital uh, for a headache. Pretty scary. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I was like, I saw that pop up. You know, I think it was WKYT story about he'd had surgery to remove uh, blood from his brain. And I thought, what in the what? <laughs> uh, just kind of came out of nowhere. And I didn't I didn't realize all the backstory there. That's uh, that it could still be an issue for a month later, uh, yeah, yee, I will be paying more attention to myself. I fall down a lot, so <laughs> glad he's doing okay, though, for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, yeah, and then uh, well, we mentioned earlier some exciting news for UK football fans. Terry Wilson saying he tweeted, "I can finally say I'm back and healthy. Been a long road. Three is ready for the tour. I guess his revenge tour. That's what he's talking yes, about. The comeback tour, the revenge yeah. tour, whatever. Yeah, yeah." So good news there for Kentucky football fans. Um, if you know we get to play, uh, Landon Young got married over the weekend. Uh, there was an Instagram post with a photo of him and his fiance Haley, who tied the knot over the weekend outside of a food truck. I guess they had a food truck to cater their wedding. Uh, but uh, one thing I noticed in the photo is you know Landon Young has got a a nice suit on, 
Uh, she has a nice dress on. And then you look down and Landon Young's wearing like farmer's boots. <laughs> he still had to have a piece of that there, of you know, the country boy. Yeah, I'm yeah. not uh I'm not surprised by that. Um and, and like he seems exactly like the kind of just got his whole life figured out, you know, at twenty one kind of guy. Um mm-hmm. totally. That doesn't surprise me that he's like I'm sure that's like his high school sweetheart and <laughs> and uh he's gonna he's gonna live on forty acres and I'm yep. a, I, I I can I can see it now, but that's that's cool. That, and and I would tell you, I think it's not like even it, it's actually a significant thing that it seems like Kentucky has a bunch of grownups uh, yes. on its football team. Um, you know, you look at the, Terry Wilson; his son is due the week before um, the season starts, and that'll that will change everything about your life. It'll change about how you go to yep. go about your business and get things done, and and not you know not screwing around when you got a family all of a sudden counting on you. Um, you look at the, remember way it, what Lynn Bowden, was you know, what it say. did to him. Lynn, not only Lynn Bowden, but when you talk about Josh Allen, I mean, yeah, uh, those guys are all, were all really, really extra driven going into sort of their make or break year because they were all of a sudden family men, you know, they had uh, girlfriends who would become wives and, and children on the way or having just gotten there. I actually think that's a big deal. And they got a bunch of guys on this team that are kind of grown-ups. Well, Landon Young, I can tell you, this uh, he's made a huge impression on me since uh, covering him in high school. But then a few years ago, my parents were moving, and uh, they had people from a local church come by and help them. And out of the blue, here I see Landon Young, who was a member of that church. Oh, wow. Uh, I guess still is. And he shows up and starts helping my parents move. And he takes an armoire, I mean, a big old thing that that I couldn't even wrap my arms around it entirely. It would definitely take me and someone else to carry it, and it would be a pain to carry it. It's heavy, and he takes it up a almost a spiral staircase. It's not completely spiral, but <laughs> it, it goes up halfway, and then it makes a sharp spiral, you know, turn uh, that's tough to navigate, and to the top of these steps, and he carries it by himself. I, I was just oh my god, yeah. that kind of strength. Uh, but that that tells you what kind of duty is. I mean, it was a yeah. Saturday morning. It was during I think uh, uh, spring practice, so he had he had had workouts and stuff, and he comes to help someone he's never met before move. And yeah. good dude he, with like the definition of country strength. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. He is uh, that dude is really an impressive. Oh, impressive all the way around, but but if you never if you've never stood next to somebody the size of uh, Landon Young, you just can't fully appreciate it. He's he's a monster. He is he is. Um, and uh, we mentioned Mitch Barnhart was asked about uh, fans being at uh, football games in the fall, and we'll discuss that uh, when we continue here on Locked On Kentucky. We'll do that in the next segment, but uh, want to tell you what we're doing here at Locked On Kentucky as a network, like this company that we work for. Uh, such a cool company. I can remember when the whole um, stuff erupted in Minneapolis, the outrage over the death of George Floyd, and then the, the protests that have followed. And as a network, we got together and it kind of, it was a bit organic. I mean, there was, it came from the top. Uh, the, David Locke, who is... You, 
started this network. He just sent out an email that simply said, you know, we're not going to be a si- We're not going to be silent about this. You know, silence is a choice and we're not going to be silent. We're going to say something. And for those of you out here or host uh, on this podcast network, we would like you to record something to say what you feel about this. And that's how it started. And then people started responding. All the hosts started responding back with, you know, it's great that we're saying something, but without action, uh, you know, it doesn't, doesn't carry quite the weight. So I would say somewhere in the neighborhood of 200 emails, maybe more came back in response saying, I'm willing to put money out there. Let's do something more. Let's take action. And so this is the action we've taken. The Locked On Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. And that's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. In the month of June, which it's almost up, just one more day left, we're June 29th here, um, Locked On is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. I chose to donate to the Legal Defense Fund to make your own donation along with us please visit LockedOnPodcasts.com forward slash Black Lives Matter. All right, we're going to take a break. And as we said, we will talk about uh, Mitch Barnhart's comments about football fans in the fall on the other side. Right now, I want to tell you about Built Bar, BuiltBar.com. It is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Uh, You can get a deal from Built Bar by going to their website, uh, BuiltBar.com. But right now, they're putting out an all-new version of the Built Bar. And they say it's worth the wait. And I can tell you the one they already have is pretty darn good. I mean, I like it. I don't think it tastes anything like so many of the other protein bars that are kind of grainy, chalky. And the best thing about them, uh, beyond the taste, is that, you know, the health benefits. These are, you're not putting in a bunch of calories. You are getting plenty of protein to keep you going. You're not getting a ton of sugar. You're not getting a ton of carbs. So that's what I look for. When I look at a protein bar, I'm looking for how many calories, how many protein, how many sugar, how many carbs. Those are the most important things. And Built Bar is among the leaders uh, in those categories. They taste great as well. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON to get $10 off your first order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off your first order at BuiltBar.com. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. All right, we're back here on Locked On Kentucky, and Kyle mentioned Mitch Barnhart. He, I guess he had a Zoom meeting Monday morning, this morning, uh, that was to introduce the new cheerleading coach that UK has. And during that, he was asked about uh, football fans because the Kentucky Derby announced it will have fans. Churchill Downs said it will have fans on a limited basis for the September 5th running of the Kentucky Derby. Now, that limited amount of fans could be 40,000, could be 30,000. Don't know, but they've already announced how they're going to do it in the restrictions. Well, UK plays two days before that on Thursday night. So if the Kentucky Derby could have fans, couldn't a Kentucky football game have fans? Barnhart said, we're still working our way through all of those details. He called it tremendous that the Derby was, is going to have fans and said that he's been uh, seeing youth club sports start to return like 
uh, AAU basketball and uh, little league. And, and that's, that's bringing people together who are going to watch. And he said, they're going to monitor those type of things and then just continue to communicate with the sec and, um, and discuss it among themselves about what to do. But, you know, here we are two months away from football and they, they still don't know. It's going to take, uh, Another month. I mean, Monday today is the day that Fayette County, or I think bars in all of Kentucky, are being allowed to reopen. Who knows what that's going to do? We saw in East Lansing, Michigan, uh, they had a bar open there at Michigan State uh, about three weeks ago. They've seen eighty-five cases uh, just now. That they that number could go up. Uh, they think there are still people out there who haven't been tested that may have it. And that's just from there. Um, so what I'm saying is if bars are just now opening for the first time today in the state of Kentucky, who knows what that does to our numbers in four weeks and changes completely what their thinking is on allowing people to attend Kentucky football games. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm actually still skeptical that the Derby part of it happens um, because that's such an that's a, I was actually having a conversation about that today. Um, whatever the number is, whatever the reduced number of fans they're talking about allowing to the Derby, that's such a um, a mobile fan experience. Like that's not a place you go and just sit in your seat. Um, yeah, you know I've been to the Derby several years covering it and. Um, you know, once I stopped covering it, we, we started getting tickets and going with friends and it's just a very social, the whole thing is very social. Um, but it, I think it's one of the more unique sporting events um, in terms of how much milling around there is because of the, just the, the nature of it. You know, you have a race and then you have several minutes before the next race and people are going to windows to bet and gamble um, and going out to get drinks and mingle. And, you know, if you have, if you have any weather at all, people end up huddling together under those the grandstands. Yeah. Um, it is it is just a very mobile uh, fan experience, and so I'm not sure that I'm not even sure how much that mitigates the risk there. But you know, football I think you can do by if you say we're going to have 25 percent or 30 percent. I don't. The ideas of 50 percent are kind of crazy to me. I think at at a, at a max, your the the reasonable safe number is probably a third of your of your capacity. But I think if you go at a third, and it's structured, uh, as I understand it, you know they're selling tickets right now for football. Ticketmaster has already set up; they've already figured it out. You know the algorithm or whatever, uh, where if you you know if you as the host give them your seat map and you tell them we want twenty five, thirty, forty percent, they they block it off that way. You know, they'll tell you, you can sit two here and four here and eight there. Um, and right. this is where they are in the, in the stadium. I think you can reasonably do that in football. Uh, I think we understand now that being outside is a much safer place than being inside, which is why I'm, I don't know what they're going to do about basketball. Um, but football, you, you go in and you pretty much sit in your seat. You know, you're not, you're not, there's not a bunch of times where you're mingling around. Halftime is a thing. Getting in there is a thing. I think those are all, issues you can probably address um, with enough planning. I think it can be done in football. Um, 
with a relative degree of safety. But all everything you said there about like the way things are trending right now, I don't know if any of that matters because if we're if we're right in the thick of just an, an epic uptick uh, of the virus as the season hits, do, does any of that apply? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, then there's also if you know different from a state you know a government saying you must wear a mask and then you know penalizing you for not um you know a, a stadium can implement its own rules like you have to have a clear bag if you want to go into common or kroger field you can't you can't have a backpack like you used to be able to it's got to be a clear bag you can't take alcohol in there same for the Kentucky Derby so you know churchill downs kroger field could say if you want to enter, you must be wearing a mask. And if you're not, we'll refuse your entry because sneezing, coughing, those are the biggest things. And then social distancing. Now, once you get in there, obviously you can take your mask off and make it easier for you to yell or whatever. Um, Churchill Downs, you go to the ticket window and you're placing a bet. You know, it's, it's harder to hear one another in a loud place when you have a mask muffling your voice. So you can see people do that. And you're not social distance when you're standing right there to, you know, to counter making a bet. They could implement it where you only bet, um, you know, through kiosks. They could do something like that. Now, you know, somebody may be there and wipe it down after every bet, you know, clean it up. So th- there's a lot of things, you know, hand sanitizer could easily be placed out at concession stands at Kroger Field. Um. There's a lot of things you could do. I think, like you said, um, big difference between Churchill Downs and a football game, Kroger Field. I mean, at Churchill Downs, they're going to let people into the infield. That's what they say. You know, if people are out there social distancing uh, after four or five beers, you know, by race nine or whatever, by the Kentucky Derby time it comes around, you know, just how much are you practicing all of those those safety measures? So it'll be – interesting to see how it goes at Churchill Downs. Maybe Kroger Field waits, you know, maybe Kentucky waits and says, let's see how that goes. Let's see what they do, see how that goes first. But I do agree with you in large part that much easier at a football game, the things you can do, the things you can ask people to do, and then where you seat them. Because if you uh, cough and the closest person is 12 feet away, you know, two rows down or something, or you sneeze, uh, even without a mask, you got a better chance of not spreading something when you're you're distanced like that. Uh, so right. we'll see how all that goes. All right, uh, when we continue, we, we're going to talk UK basketball players coming back, Kentucky Mr. and Miss Basketball, Reed Shepard, and then Imani Bates. All that when we continue here on Locked on Kentucky. Right now, i got to tell you about rockauto.com. These people have been doing it as a family business for 20 years, selling auto parts online. And it works. And the reason it works is because they can give you the best price. You go to uh, a chain store and you try to order something there. Uh, a lot of times they're not going to have it. There's not, there's too many makes and models out there. There's too many car parts for one store to keep them all in stock. So if you do that, you're just going to be ordering it uh, and the company's, uh, you know, the store is going to order it for you. And then it comes in when it comes in. Why don't you just do that yourself at rockauto.com and then save money? Because again, the, the 
auto parts chain store, when they order it, some of them have price tiers. If you're a professional mechanic, they charge you differently than just, you know, a a regular consumer. And it's going to cost you more. RockAuto.com, reliably low prices. That's that's their deal. They charge the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? It's just silly. So you know what to do. Go to rockauto.com. Write in locked on. When they say, they ask you, how did you hear about us? Write in there locked on so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. (laughs) Rockauto.com. Locked on Kentucky, your team every day. All right, we're back here on Locked on Kentucky. And Sunday, as uh, expected, as announced by the University of Kentucky, basketball players started arriving back to campus. Terrence Clark tweeted this morning that he's in Lexington. Uh, we saw Keon Brooks, Dante Allen, Olivier Saar, BJ Boston, Lance Ware, Cameron Fletcher, Jacob Toppin. We've seen all of those guys uh, on social media somewhere. Uh, mentioned that they're they're back here in Lexington. So that's happening. Basketball players are beginning to arrive back here, which is uh, a good sign. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it looks like basically everybody's back. Uh, this was the week they're supposed to get here and start going through that protocol. Um, and I had a piece uh, today in anticipation of, the, of that on The Athletic kind of going through uh, basically we know we know a little bit about the guys who have actually played the three transfers because they played college basketball and we have some sense of who they are a little more mystery with the high school kids so uh wanted to introduce people to the six freshmen uh and i talked to either their high school or their uh, nike aau coaches um past coaches for each of the six freshmen just to kind of go through and 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 i asked them all three uh, asked each of them the same three questions. What's his game? Who is he as a person? And, and give me a, an example uh, of a time he was under serious pressure and, and how he responded. And I think those were kind of revealing, um, you know, for, for BJ Boston, you know, his coach said he's a one of one, uh, meaning he's, his game is really unique. He has his own yeah. style. He's not really like anybody else. Uh, he called him brilliant. Uh, also called him a beautiful soul and said he was, he wished he could still coach him. He was that uh, good of a kid. Um, wow. You know, Terrence Clark, one of his coaches uh, compared him to Penny Hardaway, a six, seven kid who can really handle the ball and pass it. thought that was notable. Um, yeah. A lot of talk about how fiery he is that if he loses it really, he lets it be known and he's going to, that he's going to have to sort of channel that the right way at Kentucky. Um, uh, Devin Askew's high school coach is one of the winningest coaches in high school basketball history at modern day uh, out in California. And, and similarly described him as very, very intense. He said he strives for perfection and he wants that demands that from his teammates. Um, So hopefully people will check that out. We we go through all six of the freshmen and what their coaches had to say about them, kind of who they are. There's something good on Lance Ware too, right? Is that? Yes. uh, Actually both, both Lance Ware and uh, Devin Askew's coaches mentioned a game against Rancho Christian, which was a nationally ranked high school team and against Evan Mobley, the number one overall recruit in the country who went to USC Uh, in uh, Devin Askew's case, it wasn't a head to head matchup as a point guard against a center, but against that team and that, that player, 
in the state quarterfinals, I think, uh, Askew hit seven out of seven threes and scored 43 points. Uh, oh and then uh, and it was in the Hall of Fame, I think, Hall of Fame Classic or something, uh, forget what they call it, um, up in uh, Massachusetts. Uh, Lance Ware's team played Evan Mobley, and it was a head-to-head matchup. He was playing, you know, six nine kid playing on a six ten number one ranked overall recruit, um, and Lance had one of the, his best games. He had eighteen points and fourteen rebounds, and they beat uh, Evan Mobley's team in that game. And his coach said, "Lance is a fighter. He's a warrior." Uh, he said, "I'm not saying I'm not knocking this other kid, but you hear so much about Mobley, and then the best player on the floor that day was Lance. And I thought that was really eyebrow yeah. raising to me uh, to say, okay, well, maybe maybe you you look for a sleeper, um, you know, in a class. It's funny he's the fifth highest ranked recruit that Kentucky signed in this class. Like, oh, maybe we, maybe he's not that exciting." But I would remind people that the seventh highest ranked recruit uh, a few years ago in one of Kentucky's freshman classes was Shea Gilgis Alexander. Yeah, uh, you know, there's sometimes there's there's kids that if like if if Lance Ware was going to Auburn, the people in Auburn would be going nuts about this kid. You know what I yeah. mean? He's the number thirty nine mm-hmm. overall recruit in the country, and he's a good player. Um, but because you know because of the nature of things where we rank everything. Uh, and you put the list up of Kentucky's recruits in descending order. You got to go far down the list before you get to Lance Ware. Uh, but he he can play, I think. Uh, and so there's there's some little interesting nuggets about that, like that about all these guys. And when you say fighter, you know Calipari. How many times do we hear him throughout the season go fight? You have to fight, right? You could do all these other things, but if you don't fight, I can't play you. You got to fight. That's how Keon Brooks got his minutes. He was fighting. He was all over the floor. He was doing those things, grabbing those rebounds. Um, So that bodes well for someone uh, to be described as a fighter coming in as a freshman uh, for John Calipari. Now, on to Kentucky Mr. and Miss Basketball. Dante Allen uh, won it last year, and he's at Kentucky. But uh, guys who have won it recently have keep going to Western Kentucky. And that includes this year's Kentucky Mr. Basketball, Collins High School's Davion McKnight. There was a virtual ceremony Sunday night, and he was named Mr. Basketball. He's going to Western Kentucky to join former Mr. Basketball winners uh, Tavion Hollingsworth and Carson Williams. And then, strangely enough, Oregon is the landing spot for this year's Kentucky Miss Basketball. And I say strangely enough because – Oregon already has one. I mean, we're here in the Midwest slash Southeast and two Kentucky Miss basketballs are going to be playing for Oregon way up in the Northwest. But Riles Maddie Schur was named Kentucky Miss basketball. She's going to Oregon to join former Miss basketball winner, Aaron Bowley. Now a kid on the rise who in a couple years will likely be a candidate for Mr. Basketball in the state of Kentucky is the son of former Kentucky Wildcats, Jeff Shepard and his wife, Stacy Reed. She was like top 10 in all time scorers list uh, for UK women's basketball. Reed Shepard. He just finished his freshman season at North Laurel high school in London. Uh, I remember back in January, he had a quadruple double. Now it came against Jackson County, which is not up to the level of competition as North Laurel. I think they won that game by like 50 points. But, I mean, listen to this line. 24 points, 10 rebounds, 14 assists, 10 steals. 
that that caught my attention. That was the first time I really heard Reed Shepard. Well, then this weekend, because AAU basketball has kind of started up in different places, for the Indy Heat, uh, they tweeted out some highlights of Reed Shepard. He had a couple of nasty dunks where he just drives to the hole and throws it down. Uh, saw him had a steal, nice finger roll. Uh, he was impressive. You saw him, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's playing with Keon Brooks' little brother on that Indy Heat team. Um, so I think Kentucky will have some serious reasons to be paying attention to the Indy Heat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, looks like Keon's brother is a real player too. Um, but yeah, really What's impressed. his name? Do you know? Uh, oh, crap. Put me on the spot. Don't know his name no, right now. Sorry. No. Uh, let me see. I'll pull up his dad's account. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's – um, Shepard's kid is a baller and like, no doubt there are a lot of videos on his, uh, if you pull up, search his name on Twitter of him just thundering down the lane and, and putting people on posters. Uh, that, that is impressive. And that was always obviously a big part of Jeff Shepard's game. He was a super athletic guy. Um, obviously well loved, uh, Kentucky player and part of a legendary team. Yeah, I, I would champion. I would I would say getting a kid like that would would please a lot of people. And getting you know getting a kid from in the state, um, that's that's what everybody's sort of always crying out for is more mm-hmm. more guys who wearing Kentucky across their chest. You know, is something that they grew up wanting. Um, you know, not not because it's an NBA factory or whatever. That some of the young some of the guys they get, uh, you know, see it as a destination, but because it's what they you know it's sort of in their blood. And uh, I would say Jeff Shepard's son would qualify big time yeah. in that. So yeah, it was pretty pretty eye opening. Uh, Darian Brooks uh, is Darian Brooks is uh, Keon's uh, the, the name of Keon's little brother. Well, Reed Shepard is already different at a very young age. Uh, we we can see that. Uh, somebody else who's different at a very young age is Amani Bates, uh, considered on the Athletic as the number one player in high school basketball. Uh, regardless of class. But Imani Bates is a class of 2022 kid, a rising junior. He's from Ypsilanti, Michigan. And today, Monday on SportsCenter, ESPN, he committed to Michigan State. And recruiting analysts refer to him as the best high school prospect since LeBron. Like, you go through Twitter, and everybody who, you know, Matt Norlander, Evan Daniels, Jeff Goodman, um, I don't know. You just go down the list. They all of them have. Le, they say LeBron in there. All of them say best prospect since LeBron. I think uh, Evan Daniels said at this stage, he is the best player he's seen. Like meaning, I guess at this age, it's the best player he's ever um, scouted. And Evan Daniels has been around for a while. He's seen a lot of good players. Uh, so Amani Bates. Uh, interesting to note that his dad is starting a new prep school in Michigan where Amani is going to finish out his high school career. Now, does that mean he just plays his junior season and reclassifies to 2021 and actually goes to Michigan State? Does he wait and continue through 2022 as a senior and and then go straight to the NBA, sign as an agent? Because by then, you'll be allowed to go straight to the NBA at a high school, right? Yeah, we think uh, that, yeah. that that negotiation seems to have stalled a little bit. But yeah, I, I wrote about I wrote a huge piece on sort of the end of of one and done, uh, the the coming end of one and done, 
back in November of 2018 when EJ was about to start his freshman year in high school, had not played a high school game yet. And he'd already been identified, you know, Evan Daniels, who, by the way, breaking news, our friend Evan Daniels, uh, scouting director at 247 Sports, according to a Woj bomb, uh, is, has been hired as an agent uh, for CAA. Uh, I just saw a, this. A coach, wow. A coach agent uh, on the coaching, uh, basketball coaching side. Uh, that's it, a pay raise, Evan. That's <laughs> uh, a pay raise. Yeah. It's <laughs> secured the bag. Uh, Evan's really good. And he's, he, back then he described, um, and then I think he said it again today, but back then before he'd even played in high school, he, he described Imani Bates as uh, the best high school player I've scouted, uh, since LeBron James. Uh, yeah. and so, um, yeah, he, he's had that hype for a while. And, and, and in the beginning of the big story that I wrote on Amani for The Athletic, um, you know, I said, uh, I've kind of posed the question to him, you know, what if, what if he ends up having a choice between spending a year at a place like Duke or Kentucky or Michigan State, um, kind of places where they pre- prepare you to go to the NBA or going straight to the Wolves, you know, as the first player since 2005, uh, to go straight from high school to the NBA, if you're able to do that in 2022. And his dad said, I think he's going straight to the wolves. Um, so, you know, he's, they've made yeah. no secret. He hadn't played a high school game yet. And his dad is already saying like, he's probably going straight to the NBA. And so, <laughs> you know, I think, um, I, I think it's a little odd. And I know the fam. his dad actually randomly reached out to me last week and he was kind of upset because he said the first, the first day that um, high, college coaches could, could call, uh, players in Amani's class, uh, the only school that called was Michigan State. Nobody else had really even tried to recruit him, and he felt kind of, you know, the kid felt bad. He, you know, he's like, "Am I not worth being recruiting?" And I, and basically, all I told I told him, and I think he understands. They've made it clear he's probably not going to college, and I think all these colleges have just said, "I'm not. We're not going to waste our time." But he's yeah. right there in Michigan State's backyard. It would be insane for for Tom Izzo and those guys not to recruit him. Um. I do wonder my only the only catch in when I when I sort of absolve John Calipari and others for not really recruiting him is what you said. What if he reclassifies? I mean, he's clearly the best player in 2022, like by a mile. He doesn't yeah. need another year of high school. I mean, he could play, he could go now after his sophomore year in high school. He's already the you know state player of the year considered I, I think if you were ranking all class rankings, um, as we have at the athletic, I mean he's He's the best high school basketball player, regardless of class, right now. So, does he need two more years of high school, or could he reclassify and come out? If he did that, he would be coming out before the rule changes, and he would have to go to college. And I think if he does that, there are going to be a lot of schools that go crap. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we, we probably yeah. should have given this at least a cursory recruiting job. Um, but as it is, he's he's either going to Michigan State, or he's what I would guess is never going to play college basketball and, and we'll go straight to the NBA. But I think it has some impact for Michigan state, even if he never plays for them, just that you could get the number, like the hands down number one player, you know, somebody that, you know, people are saying, na- saying his name in the same breath as LeBron, even if he never plays for you, you have the cachet of if he did play college basketball, he did want to play for you. Um, 
you know, people think about how many people have said that about Tracy McGrady and Kentucky and, and Dirk Nowitzki and Kentucky and, and some of those places, some of those guys. I think it had an impact back in the day when Cal was at Memphis. Amari Stoudemire said he was going to play for Cal. I think committed to mm. Cal. Uh, he yeah. never ended up playing college basketball, uh, but I believe he committed to Cal Perry and Memphis. Um, and so, I, yeah, I think did that move the needle a little bit? Did that help make Cal – uh, cool. Yeah, I think it did. Well, coincidentally or not, Tom Izzo has released a statement today um, regarding Black Lives Matter and racism. Um, you can see it on Twitter. Andy Katz uh, tweeted it out. Uh, but it, it really pertains to recently, he says, hateful messages from a Michigan State employee posted on social media have been seen nationally. He mentions University has a process to follow, but as a leader, he has a duty to speak out. And so on a day when Michigan State is uh, on the you know, tip of the tongues of uh, people in sports nationally because of this commitment, uh, Tom Izzo capitalizes on that uh, platform and puts uh, that publicity and using his platform to put this statement out. So. Yeah, we'll end it with that. And well, we mentioned one more thing, which we may talk about on Wednesday. The next time uh, we do a Locked On Kentucky podcast will be Wednesday. That the uh, Eddie Sutton documentary is tonight at nine o'clock on ESPN, titled Eddie. And so, you know, Kentucky fans will definitely see part of his career uh, when it comes to Kentucky. That's a big part of it because uh, had it just ended there and stopped, uh, it would have been. A different story, Freddie Sutton, but it obviously went on to Oklahoma State. Uh, so that'll be a good watch, I think, tonight. And then uh, also on Wednesday, we're going to talk about uh, a little bit about those uh, poll results, right? Will you, you will you be looking at those from your Kentucky poll? Uh, yes, we will probably. I think we will probably have something up on the results that we can talk about by Wednesday's podcast. But yeah, we've had about five hundred people. Uh, respond to the UK fan survey. Um, yeah. And, you know, we have basically job approval ratings now for John Calipari and Mark Stoops and some kind of long-term things and favorite players ever, uh, basketball and football. And I, I'm, I haven't combed through all of them yet because you're able to write names in, but uh, who do you think will be John Calipari's eventual successor uh, has, has had some interesting answers. All right. We'll look forward to that. So in the meantime, uh, check us out on Twitter. If you want us to uh, answer a question, talk about something, I am at D-R-I-E-F-F-E-R. Uh, Kyle is at? Kyle Tucker underscore A-T-H. Now tell your smart device to play the latest episode of Locked On SEC. And we'll talk to you on Wednesday. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Locked on Kentucky. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. <laughs>